Hello, everyone, and welcome to FM On Demand with Tara Fitzpatrick. I'm your host, Tara Fitzpatrick, and today we are going to talk food waste. Um, During this Earth Month this year of April, I definitely have gotten a renewed appreciation for all things sustainability, and I, I always try to write a lot about sustainability and compost. But um, this month I had the opportunity to talk to some really interesting people who are kind of at the forefront. Um, Earlier I did a story about a panel that Compass Group and Restaurant Associates was doing about food waste centered around like kind of practical things that you can do because that makes us feel more like we can do something about this problem because it really is a big problem. There's many, many... um, sort of points of data that you can look at about food waste that are like really discouraging, but, um, talking to people that are actively doing something about it. And especially from big organizations today, I'm talking to Aramark's sustainability director for higher ed, Lexi Ratska, and she is so interesting to talk to. Um, we're speaking specifically about um, Boston University and BU Dining and what they are doing to kind of, I call it like they're coming out swinging in the fight against food waste because they've set a really ambitious goal to reduce their food waste by 50% by next summer of 2023. Um, and this is that's why I say organizations like this have such a good opportunity to make an impact because it's like they're serving 6.2 million meals each year at Boston University. Um, And they're looking at everything from meal planning and sort of making people aware of it. But also um, we kind of get into the fact of all you care to eat. And I asked the question, is food waste a function of all you care to eat dining? And I think that's a question that um, that we should be looking at. So um, yeah, what Lexi has to say is just absolutely fascinating. So um, please listen and keep on celebrating Earth Day all year round. Welcome, Lexi. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Tara. And I cannot wait to talk about food waste. It's something that um, I've written about kind of a lot in the past, but something that I always want to do more with because it's obviously it's still a problem. So I wanted to to first kind of talk about this big goal that Boston University has, which is to reduce it by a lot. So I wondered if you could start by kind of telling us about that. Yeah, for sure. So we set a goal a couple of years back to try to make a bold commitment to reduce our food waste and really wanted to try to reduce our food waste by 50%. Uh, by the end of our fiscal year 23. And the reason we wanted to do so is because we have been diverting our food waste from the trash stream for many years, but recognized that there were uh, other environmental and economic benefits to simply reducing the amount of waste generated. Uh, So we really wanted to take a hard look at what type of waste we were generating and where it was coming from. Uh, and then create a goal that the entire university community could participate in and rally around uh, as we work towards that goal. Yeah, that's cool. And you went big. It's ambitious. It's 50%. And 2023 is next year. Like as, as unbelievable as that sounds, it's like, what in the world? So that's that's coming up soon. And I like the idea of having a goal and because you know what you're working towards. But back before you get to the goal, it's kind of realizing about, like you said, where this waste is coming from. So 
one of the ways that you do that is weigh the waste events. So I wondered if you could um, tell us about those. Yeah. So when we were looking at what our waste was made up of, we quickly discovered that plate waste was the vast majority of food waste we were seeing on campus. Mm. So if we really wanted to be successful in achieving our goal of reduction, we could do everything possible in our powers to prevent waste on the kitchen side, but we would still have an exorbitant amount of waste coming from people's plates. Uh, so we started regularly holding these weigh the waste events across all of our dining halls, uh, where for an hour students sort their waste into four different containers. Uh, we collect edible food waste, and that's food that students could have eaten, they just didn't. Mm-hmm. Inedible food waste, so things like bones and peels and shells that came from food, but you wouldn't eat uh, napkins, and then any trash as well. Uh, and so over the course of an hour, students are able to see how the waste accumulates and get a better sense that a half a sandwich might not seem like a lot on your plate, but then in uh, the grand scheme of everyone else in the dining hall for that period of time, it really adds up. Um, So it's been a really meaningful way of uh, visually showing students what food waste looks like uh, because in most of our dining halls, the typical uh, waste situation is out of sight, out of mind. Students place their dishes with their food on a belt and then our team deals with it in the kitchen. So it just magically disappears. (laughs) Right. Right. So being forced to look at it, to see it, that's interesting that it wasn't in the kitchen or I guess not really because there, you have composting in place and you have a bio digester. So is that kind of what the pre-consumer, what BU dining has been doing all along or for a while, at least to, to get rid of that from the kitchen, like with the the composting? Yeah. So we have been uh, diverting the food waste from our location since 2007. uh, And we divert pre-consumer waste, so kitchen waste from all of our locations. uh, And then we divert uh, the post-consumer waste as well from our dining halls and a couple of retail locations as well. Um, And in our dining halls, we manage the entire process. So we're really able to keep it clean. Um, And then in retail locations where guests are scraping their plates themselves, We deal a little more with contamination and some of those challenges, Mm -hmm. Um, but we've really been trying to reduce waste uh, and divert where we send our waste. We're actually, uh, being in Massachusetts, required to comply with the state's food waste disposal ban as well, um, which is something not a lot of students are aware of. And so getting to talk to them about this great step that the state of Massachusetts has and keeping folks accountable um, in how we comply. I wonder how many states have something like that, because I'm definitely not well versed in like those types of laws, but I'm, I'm imagining not every, I'm Ohio. I no, it's like not very many. Like, it's, they just they like fewer than 10 in, in the woods or something here. Like, I, I would love to see more like legislation where it's like, well, we have to do it this way. And with the composting, um, you can get like soil from that, right? That you guys then use on campus. Is that right? So we don't actually currently use any of the soil that comes uh, or is created during the composting process. Um, We work with um, a hauler that collects our food waste and brings it to a farm outside of Boston. And then the farm is able to use that compost themselves or sell it to the community um, or others. But currently we're not using it um, on campus. Which, as I said that, that totally makes sense. Because earlier we were talking about, I looked at a map of Boston University and it's pretty much in the middle of Boston. It's along the river and it's not like you have random places available to throw dirt down. Like it's definitely certainly not like a rural campus. So 
that definitely makes a lot of sense. And I'm wondering too, um, getting back to the dining halls, the reason is it, and I, I feel like a lot of colleges are all you care to eat. So is food waste a function of being all you care to eat? Yeah, that's something that we have really been dealing with through our Way the Waste event. So the events aren't just an opportunity for students to see the amount of food waste that accumulates, but an opportunity for um, the students who run the events to engage with students about how to navigate the dining halls, tips on what they do to um, minimize waste. We also uh, this year rolled out a marketing campaign um, with signage uh, at our dish returns and on some of the sneeze guards with simple reminders for students to take one plate at a time or why we use smaller plates or uh, to check the menu in advance so you know what the options are and you don't find something you want and then get another. Great. That's um, yeah, it's really a great component of these Way the Waste events. And then another thing that we added in uh, in the fall of 2019 um, was that we started surveying students about the waste that they had. Because mm -hmm. if you're simply collecting waste, that can only help you so much in preventing it. You don't no, really right. know why students right. are generating it. And there's so many different reasons why students might have more food in a dining hall, that's all you care to eat. I think the assumption is usually that someone took more food than they could eat. Mm -hmm. But through these events, we're really able to get at the more nuanced information on if a particular menu item was too big of a portion, or mm -hmm. if someone just didn't like something that day, or if something is usually prepared one way, but it was a little different that day, or all of these changes that we can then implement um, to try to prevent food waste from happening in the first place. I love that you match it with that kind of qualitative data where it's not just like they're not, because then you can go and look at the menu. And that's the next thing that I wanted to talk about. Like, how does that work? How, how can you, or how has the, the dining team, the chefs and the, the folks that are in the back of the house, like how can they look at that and then make changes that'll make less waste? Yeah. So something that we heard over and over again last semester with our Way the Waste events was students just didn't want as many carbs or starches. Um, and so one thing that we were looking at is what's the portion size of things and how are things being plated? Um, because I think a lot of times students assume that if there is a protein, a vegetable and a starch being served at a station, they have to get all three. Okay. So making sure students know that they can customize and select just one or a few of the things being offered um, and looking at are the things that we're serving really what the students are wanting? Um, another thing we found was that a lot of students were coming through the Way the Waste events with hamburger buns and explaining that they just wanted the interior of the burger, the patty and the cheese or the veggies that were with it. And they knew from the start that they just didn't want the bun. So we've started plating burgers without a bun. So if you don't want one, you easily grab that plate. If you do, you easily grab that plate providing the different options so that you don't have to request anything different. You don't have to wait extra time. Um, both options are presented and then nudging you if uh, you know you're not going to eat something just to not take it. Yeah. Um, some other things that we've done are look at foods that our current menus might not utilize and what recipes we can develop to utilize some of those things. Okay. Um, so one of our executive chefs last year developed 
a chicken croquette recipe using uh, some of the chicken that would ordinarily be trimmed off for the recipes that were otherwise being served. Okay. Um, and it's been a really popular menu item that was using something that is a perfectly great product, but we just didn't have a use for it at the time. Um, so figuring out how we can um, utilize things that had otherwise been considered trim, um, but could be mm -hmm. a great addition to our menu. Right. And I, I wanted to kind of ask like what, and you, you touched on a couple of things, but like, what were some like surprises that you came across or things that were like, what, how did this happen? Or we never thought of this. Like, what were some of those things? I think one of the biggest surprises we've seen is just how interested students have become lately in food waste. Um, so with our Way the Waste events, we, I would say at least a couple of times a semester, encounter a student that um, takes a picture and sends it to a friend at another college and wants to talk about what's going on or asks us for even more events. We currently do them 20 times a semester, so they're very frequent, oh, yeah. um, but students really like them and appreciate what we're doing and that they can see it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we just continue to get a lot of um, interview requests and questions for students that are tackling the topic of food waste in various different academic uh, courses. Um, and so figuring out how we can um, work with those students on whatever their project is. So cool. I think a few years ago, local sourcing and sustainable sourcing was really a key driver of sustainability interest in a dining program. But I think over the past few years, waste has really become um, the key issue, which is great since it uh, corresponds to the goals that we've set. So it's a nice um, partnership to have. Yeah. And well, having the students so interested and caring about it so much, I feel like that can help with um, like the apathy that, that can kind of come about because many times I've, I've gone to conferences and I've heard people talk and it's like, it's kind of dire. Like it doesn't sound uh, like for the oceans and uh, you know, things are, and it's like, what can I do just, you know, as, as my own little homeowner, like I'm trying to use up all the broccoli that I bought this week and I can't even do that. So it's, it's like, so uh, like, how do you, how do you keep a positive like mindset about it? Yeah, it's definitely challenging in these times. I think focusing on the small things that you can do and the impact it has. So uh, we started regularly holding Way the Waste events in the fall of 2018. And through the events we're currently holding, um, we've seen about a 40% decrease in per person uh, edible food waste collected during those events. So just yeah. really talking with students that it may not seem like a big thing on your end, yeah. um, being mindful of food waste, but it can really have positive repercussions, especially at a school, the scale of BU. I think that mm -hmm. continually reminding folks that a small action at a large university right. and then collectively in the globe can really have um, meaningful impacts. Yeah. I think that's why it's so good to do it on a college campus. Like it's, it's something um, and how did you arrive at the, the 50% where you just like, let's, let's just go for it. Yeah, so there have been a lot of different targets of 50% reduction with different timeframes. Um, and I think we just decided we wanted to uh, have a shorter time frame. Um, we set it for a four-year period, which is the amount of time students are on campus for the most part. Um, so really working on that um, and just trying to go uh, all in as much as we could. Very cool. And kind of like on the same topic, but like, where are you at? Because the pandemic just really disrupted reusable things, which I thought were like getting so much good traction before all that happened. And we needed to go back to disposables. Like, where are you guys at with that? 
Yeah. So we fortunately have returned uh, our dining halls to reusable dishware. So everything's dine-in and in reusables. Uh, this year, we rolled out a new reusable program for um, our ready-to-go program, which is a pre-order uh, program from our dining hall. So those are now also in reusable containers. Uh, and then we have added uh, reusable options to some of our retail locations for dine-in as well. Um, and are hopeful to roll out um, a larger reusable to-go container program. But yeah, the disposables has certainly been a challenge. Um, one of the things that we've been trying to do is on the same vein as the small actions you can take um, mm -hmm. as removing default disposables. So in our retail locations, um, we're no longer automatically giving um, cutlery, for instance, with your order. Um, you have reusable or disposable cutlery that you can request if you need it. Right. Um, but recognizing that if someone is taking their food back to their dorm or their apartment, they mm -hmm. might have their own utensils or if they're getting a sandwich, they don't need it. Um, and so not sending cutlery we don't need. Um, mm -hmm. And last year we were actually able to save uh, enough disposable cutlery that it could have uh, gone the entire length of our college campus twice with extra right. leftover if it was all lined up. Um, so really talking with students about those small wins that it may seem meaningless if you select you don't need cutlery for one meal, but it can really have a lasting impact. And if you can make it a regular habit, um, it's great. Yeah, I love that outlook. And um, I noticed, too, that you guys have been working with LeanPath. And that is a company that's been around for a while. And Andrew from LeanPath, he's like, he's been a friend of our magazine forever. So they just give you like the data that you need, right? Like, and they, they kind of work with you and like come in there and they're like this, like it's, it's a consultancy, but can you talk a little bit about how you work with them? Yeah. So we have LeanPath scales in uh, five of our kitchens on campus, all of our dining halls, and then in our um, retail food hall and catering kitchen. Um, and so we use LeanPath to track all of the food waste we generate in the kitchens, whether that's um, waste from trim or overproduction or food that's expired before it can be used, or mm -hmm. it just wasn't the quality we want to serve or whatever reason that is. Um, and so we're able to um, collect all of that data and see by food type, by loss reason, uh, by location, what that waste looks like and set goals and monitor our progress. Um, one of the greatest things about the Lean Path program is that you have pictures of all of the waste as well. Oh, wow. um, and so you can actually see what the waste looked like, um, see if there's an opportunity to uh, have more knife skills training or if something could be reused in the future um, or other things just so you have a sense of what was being wasted. Um, and then we have lean path scales in our three main dining halls as well to measure the post-consumer waste coming off of students' plates. So that way we get data, not just when we're holding away the waste events, but mm -hmm. anytime students are eating in the locations, we can collect uh, data on how much of that waste is being generated as well. Yeah, like having those numbers, it's so important because then you can measure your goals. And I just, I wanted to get your take on why is it so important to set the goals? Like, why is that such a big deal? Yeah, I think setting goals is really important because it gives you something to work towards mm -hmm. um, and gives you something to have, um, everyone can rally around something. And so um, we could just say we want to reduce waste, but you don't really know how much you should reduce waste by or what steps you should really implement. So having 
clear goals is helpful for setting targets and short-term goals um, mm -hmm. and just exciting people about food waste. I think if it's just a static initiative that you mm -hmm. hope to reduce, but you don't have something you're working towards, you might not have folks as engaged um, as you might otherwise. So true. And that's, that's how you make things happen. That's how you make change is getting individual people engaged with it. So very cool. Well, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. And I wanted to see, is there anything else that you wanted to share with us or point out? I think the only other thing I would mention, which I briefly touched upon is really just the importance of qualitative data as well, because mm -hmm. I think when people think about waste, you think of the quantitative information, especially tonnage or the costs mm -hmm. associated with it. But the qualitative information is really what can help you identify what changes to make, especially on the post-consumer side. And since that is so much of the waste that is generated, knowing those reasons why food is wasted, that way you can um, implement the important uh, strategies to prevent waste. Mm -hmm. And then you can track waste over time as well to see with our Way the Waste events, for instance, you can see if students' reasons for wasting food changes mm -hmm and the types of food they're wasting is changing. So that way we know that some uh, measures are working and we can create other uh, initiatives to try to prevent whatever the next uh, highest waste category is. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Like having something that tells the story to go along with the numbers, because that of course is going to make it more impactful for sure. Very cool. Well, I hope that you'll come back on the show sometime and let us know how it's going. And we'll have to have a big celebration when you reach the, the 50%. <laughs> it's lobsters for everyone because it's Boston. <laughs> yeah, we do do that in the fall. So oh my gosh, very cool. Yes, I wanted, I, I definitely want to come back to Boston sometime soon. So I'll let you know if I ever do so. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to see you. Cool. Thanks again. Thank you.